From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Today's text is found in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in grace, not in one grace only, but in all grace. Grow in that root grace, faith. Believe the promises more firmly than you have done. Let faith increase in fullness, constancy, simplicity. Grow also in love. Ask that your love may become extended, more intense, more practical, influencing every thought, word, and deed. Grow likewise in humility. Seek to lie very low, and know more of your own nothingness. As you grow downward in humility, seek also to grow upward, having nearer approaches to God in prayer and more intimate fellowship with Jesus. May God the Holy Spirit enable you to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. He who grows not in the knowledge of Jesus refuses to be blessed. To know Him is life eternal, and to advance in the knowledge of Him is to increase in happiness. He who does not long to know more of Christ knows nothing of Him yet. Whoever hath sipped this wine will thirst for more. For although Christ doth satisfy... Yet it is such a satisfaction that the appetite is not cloyed, but whetted. If you know the love of Jesus, as the heart panteth for the water brooks, so will you pant for deeper draughts of his love. If you do not desire to know him better, then you love him not. For love always cries, Nearer, nearer. Absence from Christ is hell, but the presence of Jesus is heaven. Rest not then content without an increasing acquaintance with Jesus. Seek to know more of Him in His divine nature, in His human relationship, in His finished work, in His death, in His resurrection, in His present glorious intercession, and in His future royal advent. Abide hard by the cross, and search the mystery of His wounds. An increase of love to Jesus, and a more perfect apprehension of His love to us, is one of the best tests of growth in grace. These days I- 
One of the hallmarks of Protestant Christianity is its tradition of singing. Just as the worship in the Old Testament was characterized by song, so the people of God down through the ages have been a singing people. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer a CD entitled Our Great Redeemer's Praise that contains nearly an hour of the great hymns of the church performed by the various musical groups of Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina. The CD is available free of charge to our Let the Bible Speak listeners. To obtain a copy, you may contact us by email, by telephone, or by regular mail. You may write to Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. 
or you may simply call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Ask for your free copy of Our Great Redeemer's Praise. this edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns brings the concluding portion of The Message of the Miracle of the Feeding of the Five Thousand. Dr. Cairns has taken his text from the narrative from chapter 6 of John's Gospel. In the course of the message, he's been presenting three views of Christ as taught in this miracle. First, we see him as the creator of life, bringing an abundance of food out of a few small loaves of barley bread, Then we beheld Christ as the sustainer of life, feeding thousands from a lad's meager lunch. In the third view, Christ is seen as the Redeemer of life. In this miracle, we see the transforming power of God's redeeming grace. He takes lives broken and scarred by sin and makes them more than they ever could have been. Now Dr. Cairns concludes the message of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. You could have God do a miracle in your flesh and yet perish forever. The Lord Jesus is saying there is something vastly more important and it is to realize that your creator and sustainer has come to be your redeemer and that's what you really need to have his redemption. And he had a very good way of putting this over to them. You were hungry yesterday. How did you satisfy the need of your bodies? When I give you bread, you eat it. When I give you fish, you eat it. How did you meet the need of your bodies? You didn't admire the bread and the fish. You didn't hold a philosophical discussion about how it got there. You didn't turn and talk to your neighbor about it and leave it there. No, if it was going to do you any good, you eat it. How then can you pass from death unto life? I am the bread of life. I present to you the means of forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, peace with God for time and eternity. I give you a life that death cannot take away. I give you a certainty of heaven forevermore, life now and life forever, redeemed by the power of the blood which I will shed for you. This is what I offer to you. How do you respond to it? And what he's saying is, as a hungry man eats the bread for himself, so you take my flesh, my life, my righteousness, my sacrifice, my merit, my goodness, my virtue. You take all that is in me. You eat that. 
you take it by faith to yourself. As a hungry man eats the food, so a dying soul stretches out and by the hand of faith takes Christ for himself. And what a promise Jesus gives. He says to them in John chapter 6, verse 36, Ye also have seen me and believe not. That's one of the most devastating little statements in the Scripture. You have seen me. You have heard me. You have seen the miracle. You have eaten the bread. You have taken my sustaining kindness. You live today because I sustain you in being. You breathe because I give you breath. And yet, you don't believe me. Then, in one of the greatest verses of all the Bible, he says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. There is a multitude which no man can number, a glorious company. And there's a glorious certainty. They shall come to me. And then there is this wonderful promise. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. That's the verse through which God led me as an 18-year-old into the assurance of saving grace. When not knowing what to pray or how to pray it, where to turn or how to turn, all I could do was cry to God, say, Lord, you've said, him that cometh to me. I don't know how to pray, what to pray. I don't know that I feel right. I don't know anything anymore. I'm so confused. I know nothing except one thing. Jesus Christ is the truth. And he says, if I come, he will not cast me out. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. And when a sinner comes to the Redeemer, what a miracle of grace he performs. It's akin to the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes. I have noted that in that miracle, the very first view you get of Christ is of Christ the Creator. Now when he comes to be the Redeemer, he is still the Creator. And you know what he does when a sinner comes to him? He makes him a new creation. He gives him a new heart, a new will, a new disposition, a new faith, a new trust. He makes him a new creature. But there is something different. In the original creation... It is a creation that theologians call, with a little Latin phrase, creation ex nihilo. Creation out of nothing. God spoke and it was done. But you will notice in the feeding of the 5,000, he took five loaves and two fishes, and from them he created enough to feed the multitude. You see, this is the difference between creation and redemption. There is something created that was not there before, namely a disposition of heart and mind and will toward God. But in redemption, Christ takes what is. And by his creative and redemptive power, 
he makes it more than it has ever been before. That's the story of grace. He finds us sinners. He makes us saints. He finds us filthy. He makes us clean. He finds us confused. He gives us light. He finds us wandering. He puts our feet in the path to heaven that we might go to that city of habitation, that city whose maker and builder is God. He finds us self-centered. He makes us Christ-centered. He finds us estranged from God, God as our enemy. He brings us nigh so that we can call him our Father. He finds us with lives that are being wasted, lives that are ultimately useless. And he takes them as he took the five loaves and he makes them what they had never been before, instruments not only to the glory of God, but to the good and indeed the feeding and the saving of a multitude of souls. When you stop to think of what your life is, the Scripture does ask that question, what is your life? When you stop to think of it, I'm sure at times you've felt, you know, there's a, there's a great void here. I read of people, they die, and then the world says how great they were. I think of a great sports star. He could hit a baseball 500 feet. Now, I'm not despising that ability, for I can't hit the thing at all. But can you imagine? You received life as a gift of God. He sustained you in being for decades. He sent his Son to be the true bread of life who would give himself for the life of the world. And in the light of all that, you go out into eternity. Your life is all summed up in this. You could hit a baseball 500 feet. Or you made it big in the city. Is there not a void there, a frustration, an emptiness that eats at the soul? Life is vain. Vanity of vanities, said Solomon, from the richest throne in all the world. Vanity of vanities. Everything here is vanity. It's emptiness. Until the Redeemer comes, he takes that life and he makes it what it never was before. That's what he can do for you and what he can do for me. I'm not saved because I preach. I'm not saved because I lead a soul to Christ or help another. I'm saved solely by the merits 
of the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ. I have no other argument. I have no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. But when I think of this insignificant little fellow from Belfast, born into what the world would say was deprived, a deprived situation, when I think of the people I grew up with, some of them now in eternity in their lives counted for nothing. I realize God took this life and made it what it wasn't. My mind goes back over many scenes. I think of a day of standing at the, the bedside of a man almost a hundred years old. He'd lived his life in sin and folly, going to lead him to faith in Jesus. I think of kneeling with the drunkard and with his wife and seeing him made a new creature in Christ and a family saved, a home saved, a life saved, a soul saved so now that they could go on to serve the Savior. I stop and realize here is the feeding of the 5,000 all over again. Here's the creator, the sustainer, and the redeemer who could take this life and make it what it never was before, what it never could be apart from him. Yesterday, today, forever. Jesus is the same. If you're hungry of soul, he says you need not go away. He can feed you. He can save you. He can make your life more than it's ever been. But most of all, he can get you right with God and you will never die. For what we call death is hardly worthy of the name. It's a mere temporary separation of body from soul. Real death is the separation of body and soul from God for all eternity. Jesus said, if you're hungry, I'll feed you. If you're lost, I'll find you. If you're unclean, I'll cleanse you. If you're dead in sin, I'll give you life. Believe, and your soul shall live. I trust that as you have pondered the feeding of the 5,000 and what it tells us about the Savior, that the sermon on who he is, creator, sustainer, and redeemer, will get through to your heart, and that today 
every single one of you will know him. Know him. And know his grace making your life more than it has ever been before. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's all pray. Father in heaven, we thank thee for our blessed Lord Jesus Christ, our creator, our sustainer, and our only redeemer. We acknowledge him. And, O Lord, we thank thee that thou didst send him into the world by the miracle of the incarnation. Thou didst make him to become the very bread of life. O God, we thank thee for the suffering he endured that we might never be separated from God. We thank thee for the price he paid that we might be forgiven. We think of the words of the old children's hymn, He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good, that we might go at last to heaven, saved by his precious blood. Father, we bless thee for his death and for his resurrection from the dead, for his ability and willingness now that not one sinner here would go away, but that all would come eat his flesh, drink his blood, take by faith all the goodness and saving virtue that is in Christ, so that they may be applied to the soul for its health and eternal life. Hear our prayer. Lord, answer us abundantly. Grant that no soul may have his palate tickled by the confections of the world and despise the true bread of God. Grant that today there will be fruit for the preaching of thy gracious word. Part us now with thy blessing and keep us in thy fear and be our abiding portion both this Sabbath day and evermore. Amen. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak.